1: Drafting for a chance at $50,000, that's what we're doing today. We're over at the FFPC. We are in the $35 Superflex Baseball Tournament. This is one, Sean, that me and you have had a lot of fun in over the years. Last year, getting to the finals of it again, that is our goal this season. So I'm excited for it. And we're going to do some different stuff. We would like to change things up, but I think with the ninth slot that we have today, we may be able to do some things that we want to do based on what the roto tools are going to tell us that may be optimal for success we are going to hopefully start this off sean our perfect draft start here i think is a justin fields christian mccaffrey start would be the ideal start for us i think that's what we're trying to say the real truth is that myself and sean jumped onto this a little bit later and we have two picks done so i'm going to share the draft board so everyone can jump in and see things now as we currently stand but we have started two rounds through we have justin fields we have christian mccaffrey first round kind of as you would expect It would have been an interesting conversation for us if Cooper Cup had him at one more pick. He went one pick before us in the second round, but Justin Fields getting to nine. He feels like the last quarterback in that kind of tier. Personally, I would take him over the likes of Justin Herbert, who went at seven, Travis Kelsey, one pick before us. Then we get Trevor Lawrence. So as we were discussing that first pick of Justin Fields, it was between him and Jamar Chase, who did go at the 112. The The tools on the site saying and this is what we're going to do probably Sean throughout this draft today is maybe wait a little bit on quarterback we have got ourselves into some zero quarterback builds in these super flex contests, and it has done well for us at times but last year for example the team that got to the final was a Jalen Hurts team and then we had some quarterbacks later on and that one looking at who we may get here Sean in the third round anyone standing out as a exciting player that you're hoping is back to us this format as well just as we kick it off is the same amount of players started as the regular tournament over at the ffpc but there is one super flex and that is that it transfers from a flex to a super flex you're not gaining an extra flex spot you are just changing one of them so when we talk about some of the zero rb drafts that we would do not as advantageous here because running backs um you know kind of getting a little bit of a boost from that and we talked Sean on our redraft podcast that came out on Friday about this maybe being the year for reverse zero RB but what that means in this format is there is lots of prime chances to get those running backs and, and load up on that position as well so we are two picks away Sean how are you feeling with Garrett Wilson in the queue here at the moment? Yeah I love this start
2: and Justin Fields is probably a safer version or at least a more established version of what we got last year with Jalen Hurts and so to be able to go Fields McCaffrey I mean that's really the perfect start I mean that's I think the best possible start you can get because Fields is really a top five pick in this format and then you're able to put him with McCaffrey so I love that we got the 109 it worked perfectly we are set up to do similar things to what we did last year Colin, Derek Henry was actually on that team and unfortunately didn't play in the finals because of the weird way the schedules fell out. He is available here, but I do think that a pick like Garrett Wilson, especially since we already have Christian McCaffrey, is probably even more fun. Yeah, that's the way I would like to go. And, you know, if
1: we had a God Cooper cup in the first round, wouldn't be against Henry here. But as I was touching on, looking at the ADP before we kicked this draft off. You Know as we move through it, like ETN in this format, it's a fifth round pick. For example, Stevenson's a fifth round pick, Walker's a sixth round pick, Brees Hall's a sixth round pick, Javante Williams a seventh round pick, James Cook in the eighth round. There are so many options as we go through to get those running backs. So, to have an opportunity to get Wilson, now that's just one pick after where he is going by ADP at the moment, so nothing outrageous but henry who is going running back seven in this format usually goes about three picks before us he has lasted beyond us anthony richardson goes off the board it'll be interesting sean as well to track how teams start off so so far there is two teams that have started quarterback quarterback but one of those teams has then drafted cd lamb with back prescott the other one of those teams has gone on to go quarterback 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 with justin herbert christian or sorry kirk cousins and daniel jones And then two teams at the back of the draft haven't gone quarterback quarterback but through those opening three selections have two quarterbacks so it'll be interesting to see who really invests in the quarterback position as we move forward it it is a point where we do tend to try and wait on that second option so quarterbacks getting a a little bit rich in this strap but what that should leave us with a nice opportunity here sean is who comes back to us in the fourth round Devonte Adams, somebody we're not actively really targeting this year, but he's a mid-third round pick. And this format goes at the back just before we even had to contemplate potentially selecting him. But some of the options that may get back to us here, Derrick Henry would be in the conversation if it comes back to us in the fourth round. Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, Jonathan Taylor, there, there's a lot, there's lots of options here for us. Devonte Smith, Derrick Henry does go to the Devonte Adams drafter, so two picks away. Sean, the players in the queue are Waddle olave taylor and smith who is your preferred option here that if they make it back to us in and, and two more selections
2: well probably waddle and for the reasons that you mentioned there where we have such i don't know if embarrassment of riches but embarrassment of opportunities late to get those running backs to build up that position now the thing that we see in the superflex and I, I, mean, I love playing this contest column because i think it's arguably the most fun contest out there and you should be prioritizing fun it's a 35 dollar entry and you know, that makes it very viable for us as we go through and try to do a, a handful of teams the other element here is that i think that the super flex tournament because it gets a little bit less overall attention and because the roster construction explorer is so dynamic in terms of the actionable takeaways it has for you in this specific format that you know if you're an ot listener and are wanting to get in some tournaments wanting to get in some drafts and thinking you know what's the best thing for me i strongly encourage people to think about this one pull up the roster construction explorer you know look at some different builds that you can potentially go through and colin it's just It's a lot of fun to get to this point in the fourth round and have a choice between Chris Olave who does have not necessarily breakout because he was so fantastic as a rookie, but secondary breakout upside or you can grab a falling Jonathan Taylor. I mean to put together a team where you have Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor on the same one along with Justin Fields and Garrett Wilson. I mean, that doesn't really seem like it should be possible i'm pretty tempted to go that direction uh, who's your preference here
1: well my preference is to to take a uh and that, that's based on what we discussed there i just think there's too many opportunities the other player i would pitch for would be tj hawkinson we seem to always cross that line at some point sean but taylor and uh, christian mccaffrey on the same team is very tempting very exciting but i think we're going to be faced with a number of other running back options moving through if you want to i'll let you pull the trigger this is the one uh big advantage to me here over at the ffpc is i'm logged into the account also so i do have some of the controls but i'm going to let sean hit the selection button on most of these as we move forward i may have to try and sneak in some picks as we we move through here but less pressure than the underdog draft sean it is you know that seems like a pipe dream you know last season two seasons ago to have taylor and mccaffrey on the the same roster particularly doing it although in super flex in the second and fourth round but I, I I will admit I was tempted. How do you feel about
2: after passing that up? Yeah, well now I I mean I think there's pressure on Olave to not let us down. Right. The element that you kind of alluded to at the beginning, where that flex takes away a wide receiver spot, that super flex does. I think that that pushes in the direction of considering. The second running back here last year one of the things that we did was to select derrick henry and Brees hall unfortunately Brees hall was injured or that team that was in the finals would have been even a lot more exciting i think that if we had had Brees hall still going on that team then you get to week 17 and to have both derrick henry and jalen hurts out that would have been devastating as it was you're kind of thinking well you know we probably can't match the top teams anyway or not necessarily that but just I guess you could see it all coming right the the, uh, the upside down, uh,
1: so. So. the upside was getting drained out of that team as it went along through the playoffs and the uh, you know if it, if it was a train you know some of the wheels were loose and some of the wheels had already come off you know as we went along but there was a lot of power in it you mentioned Brees Hall being out uh Jalen Hurts obviously missed those last couple of games you know it, it was a really exciting team that just didn't uh get there in the end but We'll see, Sean. This is going to be one to watch, Jonathan Taylor versus Olave, to see how that plays out over the season, I'm sure. Ho- hopefully, they both are winners on the year. Hopefully, that's the way we do. Devontae Smith going off the board to the Jalen Hurts draft. Are very interesting. It's a Jalen Hurts, Nick Chubb, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Joe Mixon team. I'm not blown away by the, the running backs, but uh, very interesting stack there um, by ADP. Devontae Smith is usually the 205, so that's going to be interesting to track that team as well. Sean, I am interested here. There's a – I don't know what we call this strategy so far. The team in the seventh is a four-quarterback build through four rounds. I don't think I've ever seen that before.
2: Yeah, and and again, it's important to realize and remember what you can do and that those quarterbacks can all all be in there if they stay healthy – you're wasting some of your picks if they get hurt then your team is still wasted because you didn't draft enough upside with the other selection so you definitely don't want to do that you don't want to think about you know how am i going to hurt some of my league mates because i mean your goal is not even it's not just that you're needing to beat 11 other teams and you don't want to torpedo yourself but you're trying to beat the entire field and going with the four quarterbacks here is very clearly not the way to do that kind of getting back to what the roster construction explorer tells us taking the QB in one and then waiting until the sixth or seventh for your QB two is the way to play it. Now, one of the things that is problematic when a team starts with the four QBs and you really hate to see is that now it does put QB pressure on everyone else. So we have to be a little bit more aware of what we might do, but we're now on the board here. And one of the reasons to not take Jonathan Taylor last time through is that Brees Hall does come back to us travis Etienne also there do you have any other direction you're looking at taking this pick
1: no uh the running back at the you'd be looking down towards jerry judy but i think the, the clear pick here is the running back options uh, Najee harris is top by adp but he's not somebody that uh, will be selecting here um etn and the mix too the Brees hall dip as well it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out obviously with dalvin cook since signing with the new york jets but i just think you know we can look and be concerned about, about week one. We can look and be concerned about week two. But Brees Hall and the talent that we were able to see last year and obviously had the injury, the upside for him to to still run away with this backfield. And, and I've talked about this on a number of occasions, Sean. You know, a, a running back getting all the work was something that we used to dream of 8, nine, ten years ago, back when you originally penned the 0RB the article. But, you know, now that isn't something that happens. And if it's a case that Brees Hall gets 65% of the work and Dalvin Cook is diving in there and getting you know 20 30 percent along with the rest of the guys the the upside is is huge for reese and i'd say to jonathan taylor I, I don't think i've been as excited about a watching a running back you know over the last probably five years um you know that came into the league obviously christian mccaffrey i in mean, just before that i am very intrigued to see who does get back to us here in this next pick though because i mentioned um jerry judy this is the range where you would see a cad Pitts go off the board dallas goddard Travis Etienne, though he makes it back. is going to have to be in that conversation as well. Um, how do you want to proceed here with this particular draft? Who is your... How about those tight ends? You, you got out of jail. You didn't have to draft TJ Hawkinson. and I, I like to do this because Sean loves TJ Hawkinson. Um, but I, I think I just love him more. And I will say the team out of the fourth spot who is auto-drafting, but I would assume that it is off their... Rankings are off players that they have added in, but it's a uh, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, CD Lamb, Jonathan Taylor, TJ Hawkinson team. So that is a pretty nice go at it as well. Jerry Judy does go, Sean. One selection away. ETN is an option here. Cad Pitts. They would be my two preferred options. Um, anyone else in play for you?
2: Yeah, I think you can look at Brock Purdy here, especially because we have a lot of teams. In front of us in terms of this big stretch from our pick to when we get back on the clock in round seven where you have one two three teams with only one qb you also run the risk of hitting these teams who have two qbs but want to go to a third because they know it's not going to come back to them in the next round so there's quarterback pressure because that team does go with four and yet if we pass just by passing we're going to have an extra quarterback who is still there i always like to to go big go for broke and so i do think for me this is etn or pits yeah i'm glad that's the way you went there's that
1: <laughs> uh which do you want to go with though i think there is again as i mentioned going to be opportunities for running backs as we move through these next couple of rounds i do think that this range where you see kettle Pitts, and goddard go off the board is a real strong area for tight end so i would probably lean towards pits and tight end premium is that the way you want to go
2: yeah, we'll go ahead and take Pitts here. He, again, is just a, a massive upside play. He fits with one of the quarterbacks who we'll be looking at. You know, Hopefully, we'll get back to us in seven. That would be Desmond Ritter. I, the tight ends are not as valuable, or the elite tight ends are not as valuable in the Superflex format, at least in the recent past, when we think about how that contrasts with the regular tournament and in some ways that is surprising because in this tournament with the qb slot of that super flex spot potentially taking out again as you mentioned that regular flex and making it so that if you just say okay there's a, a second qb that's a starter then we've lost a starting position for running back and wide receiver and tight end at that point then represents a larger percentage of the overall starting lineup between running back wide receiver and tight end but the thing that people are not necessarily looking at here and i sort of included this when i was writing about the superflex dynasty tournament so the rv triflex format and how you want to approach qb is that in a lot of leagues and in the FFPC leagues in particular, as we're drafting here, and as you think about with the RB Triflex, in Superflex, the QB scoring is neutralized a little bit. And because of that, it makes elite running backs and wide receivers viable plays in the Superflex position, which again, the team that takes the four QBs early is probably not thinking through that properly. Because when you take non-QBs to set yourself up for that, you have more flexibility than if you are focused in specifically on the quarterbacks as the only way to play it. Because the running backs and wide receivers are viable in the super flex, those guys actually get that little bit of a bump. And that is my conjecture in terms of why we don't see tight ends make as big an impact here and it's specifically again talking about the elite tight ends the other thing is just that travis kelsey now becomes so expensive and his impact in the recent past is neutralized again a little bit in super flex so we think through all of those types of things one of the things that the roster construction explorer does still tell us though is that you want a high volume of the tight end so as we go through this Kyle Pitts won't be the last player we take at that position by any stretch. We're probably trying to get to four or even five tight ends. There are a lot of fun guys late. column. as I was discussing that, the disappointing thing that did happen is that Desmond Ritter goes at the 6'10".
1: Yeah, Desmond Ritter went, and Brock Purdy, who you mentioned as well, that is a potential option at that last pick, did also go. So looking by where they usually go, Sean, though Brock Purdy would be um, you know, a fifth-round selection in this, but that is a little bit early for our boy Desmond Ritter so that obviously pushes somebody a little bit closer to us hopefully as we we move through it I think it's gonna be a draft where we wait and see what options become available when we are on the clock rather than actively pursuing some of these quarterbacks I think there's an opportunity as we move through here in this next two selections Sam Howell's obviously going to enter the conversation named as the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders, but there's some very strong players, both at running back and wide receiver, available through these next two selections, I think will make it to us. And that was part of the reason for the, you know, we skipped on Jonathan Taylor to get Chris Olave because I did think we were going to have a multitude of options. We could have went with Hall and Edean, but I still think we're going to have options as we move through the rest of this draft at running back as well. will possibly come back to be a tricky conversation when we recap this draft, what happens at quarterback? The rest of the way but yeah I think it's uh, I'm still I'm still very excited with how it's set up and I'm very much willing to push that quarterback further. I, I would have hoped that Ritter had admitted towards us um, but I'm, I'm good with I'm good with where things are set up here at the moment since that last selection Sean Terry McLaurin James Connor, Travis Etienne Brock Purdy George Kittle Desmond Ritter DeAndre Hopkins Christian Watson Javante Williams Damien Pierce DJ Moore Mike Williams all off the board outside of the quarterbacks and ETN my favorite target there that could have potentially got back to us would have been Javante Williams. There is four more selections before it comes back to us. Some of the names here that will be potentially available, they may go before it gets back to us, but Drake London, Deontay Johnson, Branton Ayuk, Sam Howell, Chris Godwin, James Cook, some of the names that will be going in this particular zone. It is around the range, Sean, where you know, Howell would come into that conversation that we, we may be looking towards him. He's usually... In that exact area in the seventh round, but Ayuk, Johnson, Drake, London—all seventh-round picks usually go before him. Would you be looking to push towards a quarterback here, or are you looking to take some of the, the skill position players here?
2: I think it's really hard to pass on Howell if he comes back to that spot. And one of the nice things that we have seen is that. Two of the other drafters who selected a QB in round one have not taken a second as it gets back to us. So that helps in a big way. I think the question may end up being a little bit more, you know, what do we do at the 804? Because at this point, it seems fairly likely that taking two QBs would be a strong possibility. And it's always a reminder that when you do pass on the QBs in Superflex, You still are probably going to be in a range where you like the players at receiver and running back that you have to pass on when you do eventually take your QB. So that's the other element of it, right? We get a Christian McCaffrey, a Garrett Wilson, a Chris Olave because we wait, but you're probably going to give up a Brandon Ayuk, a Deontay Johnson, a J.K. Dobbins if you make the pick here. But Colin, I I do like how here... So much outside. I, like I like
1: Howell a lot. The one thing you could potentially try to risk here, it would be a risk. All three teams drafting after us before it would come back have all two quarterbacks at this point. They may go for a third quarterback, Brees Young and Kyler Murray would both be, and Jimmy Garoppolo are all by ADP ahead of Sam Howell. If you wanted to to risk it, if do you have know a player want to risk
2: it, who is who is worth that, um
1: n- not particularly. Uh, let's go for Howell. Let's do it. Let's do it. I would have said that, you know, you you could take Deontay Johnson or Branton Ayuk there and you're hoping that Howell gets back. The the part I would really hope now is that Deontay Johnson, Branton Ayuk, or Chris Godwin come back to us one of those three selections. Um it would have been one of those three guys I would have pushed to take. And it's just a, a game of see who goes here now in these next couple of selections. It's it's well, always a dangerous game. You know. It's always a dangerous game to play that where you're you know you're playing a game of I don't know if this is saying in the u.s but we say you're playing a game of chicken where you're kind of going head on into dangerous territory and and who blinks first kind of in that situation but it can't yeah kyler Murray goes to the next drafter so there is a chance that that could have been sam Howell as well
2: and i i want to run by you the idea here of taking cook or jk dobbins instead of a receiver in part because the running backs are again more valuable in superflex than they are in the regular tournament the other thought that i have is that once cook and dobbins are gone i think we still have a tier of receivers that are extremely dynamic that's one of the things that we saw in the ship chasing draft that i had the privilege of participating in last night where we took dobbins in the sixth but then really liked our receiver selections in seven eight nine i don't know that after dobbins is gone I like another receiver to get to three like really big time running backs through eight rounds and to also have the two QBs to also have those two early wide receivers to also have Kyle Pitts. I mean for me then we would be set up to where at this point on and I mean to be in round 8 and already be saying okay we can now just take best player available the rest of the way. That's a really nice feeling to have
1: it is and as you said that a few of the names have gone off the board Brandon Ayuk Deontay Johnson went off the board along with Miles Sanders Kyler Murray but J.K. Dobbins Sean also off the board and when you're saying that I'm looking through the ADP here and we are in a, a pretty sweet zone for running backs James Cook now being the last name left in that but when we look into the following round I mentioned Chris Godwin he's usually a mid eighth round pick but then you have Pickens you have Mike Evans but you're moving in then to this is the guy Sean's talking about it's JSN but Jahan Dodson is there as well. It does dry up a little bit at running back, outside would DeAndre Swift, so I, I think that's a very, very valid point, Sean, that you've made, and David Montgomery goes off the board, which leaves Cook open for us if that is the direction we want to go, and I, I think that you've you've talked me around into that, and the the ADP, what we're looking at in the next two rounds, really feels like a wide, a wide receiver zone, so I'm on board with that.
2: Well, the other kind of crazy thing that has happened here is that Bryce Young has made it all the way. Do you have any interest in grabbing the third quarterback with a lot of the players who will be left? If we don't, I mean we're probably looking at Tannehill or Baker Mayfield as the third guy or just sticking with two, which I think is a viable option.
1: Yeah, I'm willing to to risk that, unless you have a strong play for for Young. It's not it's not he's not somebody I've actively been trying to draft. Have you been taken much young in your basketball drafts
2: no i have hardly any at all but i do think that of the three offenses with the rookie quarterbacks that's the one where i think we could get some outperformance and by that i simply mean i think that they could be better than people are expecting and if that's the case, I mean, he's not surrounded by great weapons. And yet at the same time, someone like a DJ Chark, if he were to stay healthy, is a pretty dynamic receiver. You've got a, a solid coaching staff. The tricky part with Young is that it almost certainly is going to be through the air. And if your team isn't projected to score a lot of points and you don't run a lot and you have mediocre receivers, like what is really the upside? And that again, is where we come back to in the superflex format where the passing QBs especially have their scoring levels knocked by the fact that you have to get 25 passing yards for a point instead of just 20 and people think well i mean how big of a deal could it make but it it can actually change the scoring level by you know two to three points per game which when you're looking at the advantage that they potentially have over running backs and wide receivers that brings them down into it dave Cabin has just updated the range of outcomes tool it has more features it lets you look at more of these formats including the ffpc Superflex format so if you want to get a feel for how the qb scoring overlaps with contrasts with running backs and wide receivers make sure you pull that tool up and take a look
1: and i will jump in there to give a plug dave also did a kind of tutorial that is now up on the road of his youtube channel for the range of outcomes tool so if you are subscribed, obviously you can find it over there. If you're not subscribed, please do subscribe. Uh, we passed 2,400 subscribers this week, but that there tutorial is available there from Dave as well to show you how to use the tool if you if you haven't been in there already. But awesome work from Dave.
2: I also think here, column, as we are moving through round eight, we see the decision from these other drafters to pass and to be and take risks at QB. Those have mostly panned out, I would say. The Joe Burrow drafter gets Jimmy Garoppolo as his second. I think that that Las Vegas offense is probably a little bit undervalued. The drafter who grabbed Justin Jefferson early and then Geno Smith in round two has been able to add both Desmond Ritter and Mac Jones. The Patrick Mahomes to a drafter Probably if if I'm in that spot, I would pass on CJ Stroud. I'm sure that the Jalen Hurts drafter was hoping to have a few more options there. It may be the drafter out of the 101 who does get caught out a little bit because now the two quarterbacks remaining really are just Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield. He does take Tannehill. Whether or not Tannehill is able to deliver this season, I think is going to depend In no small part in whether or not Traylon Burks is able to come back healthy within the first couple of weeks of the season. So, I mean, that could very easily still be the right play. When you look at Tannehill and his athleticism, the weapons that he has, is that a better pick than any of the other plays in round eight? I think you could make that argument. Now, I really do like Mac Jones. So, I think he is someone who also should have gone a little bit earlier. But when you get Hurts, you get Tannehill. And you were able to add in three running backs and three wide receivers. Now they select Evan Ingram with the 901. That's a very well-balanced build that hits a lot of the objectives that we talked about.
1: Before we move into the second part of today's show, I want to take a little moment to change gears and to talk to you about our podcast partners, Blue Wire. This podcast, as well as all the other podcasts on the Road of Is Radio Podcast Network, are partnered with Blue Wire. BlueWire was founded in 2018. We joined up with them and partnered with them shortly afterwards on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. And I have to say partnering with BlueWire back in those early days has helped us grow RotoBiz Radio, has changed my life personally, but it has been a truly fantastic experience. They have helped us monetize content, to provide strategy sessions and much, much more behind the scenes which has helped us grow the network dramatically. And on a personal level, it has also helped me go from somebody who did podcasts as a hobby into a part-time basis and now into a full-time career. So it has been massive for RotoViz Radio. Over the last few years, they have raised over $10 million to grow and operate their business, but now they are raising another round through WeFunder to expand the sales team and improve operations. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. everyone an opportunity to be part of a growing startup i want to be clear this is not a donation you know you're investing in your own piece of blue wire but the blue wire network is a big part of supporting what we do here at rotoviz in fantasy football terms we think the blue wire is an absolute first round pick they are our 101. if you would like to be part of the blue wire investment round or want to find out more information go to wefunder.com forward slash blue wire
3: That's com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Yeah, I think uh, they've started a really nice job. They, They did get squeezed a little bit, I think, when... You know, it got to the point where we were talking about the Brees Young selection. He went on the next selection after that. And I I don't think they were expecting five um, quarterbacks to go before their selection. So they probably felt a little bit panicked there with the pick that they do select. And Evan Ingram, I think, is a a great selection. He is usually going um, at the back end of the seventh round. So to get him there at the 901 is a, a really nice selection from them. It is a case, Sean, as well, in this format. You mentioned Baker Mayfield being a quarterback that's left, but after Baker Mayfield goes in by ADP at the 1004, there is no other quarterback selected on to the 15th round where Jameis Winston goes off the board. So it is a real chasm at this point once it goes past. I just think, you know, the likes of James Cook and we'll see what the options are when they arrive back to us here. But I think in terms of the quarterback upside that is there after Sam Howell is is quite limited. Kyler Murray, obviously, might miss the start of the season, but if he's your quarterback tree, there's there's upside with that as the season goes along. That was one pick after hours. JSN goes off the board, Sean. That was somebody who obviously was a priority here for us moving through, but we are two selections away. We do have a multitude of other options in the queue at the moment, DeAndre Swift, Dotson, Addison, Marquise Brown. Sean, this is also a zone where uh, Pat Firemouth goes. I know you mentioned you know tight end not being as important overall and it's kind of the volume so we probably will pass on that now that we have kyle pitts on the roster a couple of interesting options here coming up you have DeAndre swift at the top of the queue i probably would lean to dotson if that comes to it but uh there is a chance here that you you know we take swift and dotson still makes it back to us then at the next selection as well
2: yeah, we're trying not to uh jinx dotson by putting him at the top of the queue. He's the absolute perfect pick to give us a wide receiver three who fits in there with Sam Howell. One of the things as we look a little bit further down the line and talk about you know whether or not we would take Fryermuth, I do like Cole Komet this season. I think that you have a very wide range of outcomes with him. You know, maybe the team simply doesn't pass enough overall. Maybe the arrival of DJ Moore really knocks that down. I think that Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are very slightly very slightly undervalued in their own rights so i actually like all four of the bears receiving options so that's one reason why we wouldn't necessarily have been looking at Fryermuth, who was the top guy on the board by adp he does go one slot ahead of us that does push our primary target jahan dotson to us anybody else we should be looking at here colin
1: no i think dotson fits fits perfectly with this I think so far there's a lot of things that we've done, Sean, throughout the draft where we've, you know, locked around two rounds ahead. You made a, a perfect call there with the the cook selection. And obviously we hope that JSN would have got back to us. That didn't happen, went three selections before us. But we have been able to kind of play it out through checking those zones, seeing what will be available ahead and and making, I think, you know, educated decisions as to, to who we would like to take at that point. And after the turn where Evan Ingram went off the board, it was Pickens, Pacheco, Evans, Madison, JSN, Dylan, and Firemouth. So we'll see what happens now, Sean, as we make the turn again. But I'm very excited how this has played out through those opening nine rounds. There's not a huge amount that I would change. I think those decisions that we made have have kind of all worked out. Anything so far that you would be considering
2: changing at this point? No, I don't think so. And you know, to have Justin Fields with Kyle Pitts opposite him in week 17 you love that element of it to have sam howell and jahan dotson with christian mccaffrey opposite them in week 17 even without even necessarily making that the priority component of how we were looking this team together we're focusing a little bit more on specific targets and structure to have those elements as well and and part of the reason that we have a few of these specific targets is because from a best ball perspective we've been prioritizing these players on teams who fit together nicely but i mean this is really a dream draft so far for me and we're going to continue to get these really cool wide receiver options in the next couple of rounds i think and one of the questions for us will be you know how early do you want to go after a quentin johnston for example
1: there's certainly going to be a question, Sean. Gabe Davis goes off the board after DeAndre Swift. I was really you know, hoping the Swift gets back um, as we continue to, to fill in those running back options. But we we have a, a little bit of flexibility as to, to what happens. You're making the question as to how early you want to go for a Quinton Johnson. Um, are you talking about this early? Is that how early we're, lo- we're looking to
2: go for it? Yeah, I mean, his ADP would suggest that there is a the chance get back. for him to come back around but I would say that it's unlikely and so we have to kind of make that choice of going with him directly over Jordan Addison or not I do have him ranked above Addison but we also have a situation where you know we might take this opportunity to get a little bit of Addison if we want that column I have Addison Marquise Brown and Quentin Johnson in the queue you've added Cortland Sutton Marquise Brown goes one spot ahead of us anybody else that we should be looking at i think zay flowers is also an interesting pick at this juncture i would prefer
1: the the other names that you mentioned and part of me is trying to play the adp game and see if quentin johnson could potentially slip his way back i don't think that will happen um if we were going to do that we would we would take addison here and hope that he gets back but i'm not against taking quentin johnson here either we haven't drafted much Addison together, though, Sean, so I'm
2: I, I'm open to doing that here as well. Yeah, let's take the plunge on Addison. And We've drafted a lot of Quentin Johnson. <laughs> we have. We have. So this is a good opportunity to take the other young stud receiver. We also have, obviously, a lot of JSN. So to get our portfolio a little bit balanced out with Addison here, Colin, there were some things that pointed in different directions in his prospect profile. We had... Scott Barrett on. We had Patrick Corain on. We talked to Travis, obviously. Danny Kelly. So many great college football analysts and draft prospect analysts. And one of the things that did come up with Addison is that perhaps a little bit of his production was manufactured. You pull up the Sports Info Solution stats and you see that his yards per route, just okay for a prospect with the other things in his profile. And so again, you're thinking, well, if a little bit of the production is manufactured and he's also just getting so many routes in order to get this, you know, pretty gaudy yardage total, especially that he had at Pittsburgh, you know, maybe that's a tiny bit of a red flag. And yet, I mean, he was just so good, so young in college and i don't think that we want to wipe that away with nitpicking and then you watch him in his 1st preseason you game and you're like when I mean, that guy is smooth as silk right you watch him toe tapping on the sidelines i mean this is the type of player a little bit like you know say a, a slightly smaller version of keenan allen where you just expect him to be open from day one to the last day that he's on an nfl football field at this price wide receiver 37 it's a lot of fun to add him to the roster
1: yeah and the other part as well and i know it's not the main part when we're talking about it, you know. Justin Jefferson could unfortunately get hurt, but he's landing in a situation where teams can't double cover him. Sometimes we see rookies come in and it's very hard for them, you know, to to get open because of coverages. But I can't see uh landing in a much better situation opposite a wide receiver to to free things up here than that. And Colin,
2: before we go, I want to note that the zero RB candidates countdown articles will be coming out very shortly. My 2023 draft plan for redraft will be out in a matter of days. We'll be looking at a little bit more dynasty. We'll be talking about how to beat some of these best ball tournaments, but some of those sort of headline articles will be out as we get into the heart of draft season here. And along with that column, I also just want to mention again that we're running a contest, leaving a rating and review for Rotobus Overtime for Stealing Bananas. I'm looking for a couple of folks who would like to draft an FFPC Fantasy Pros contest, perhaps even write about that experience for the site during the in-season portion column. The winner could then be a secondary winner of $1 million. That is the grand prize this year for that contest in the FFPC. If you want to enter, leave a rating and review. we're looking for something authentic, organic, creative, fun. Leave something like that for us. It'll put your name into the hat to be drawn out to potentially do that. I had so much fun with the two drafters who won last season. I'm looking forward to that again. Come back with the second part.
1: We have Justin Fields and Sam Howell at quarterback, Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, James Cook at running back, then Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, and Jordan Addison at wide receiver. So we'll see how we pair it out. We will see if Quentin Johnson comes back to us. That will be the big talking point. But until we are back with that part two, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over Tomorrowland. My co host is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work up on rotabiz.com. And until next time, have a good one.